Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Rife Martin CPAs. Today, along with Allison Rife Martin, Philip talks about when should you change business entities? Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All right, we are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple. And we got Allison Rife Martin, CPA, back on. What's going on, Allison? Well, you know, it is a beautiful Thursday. And I will say again, Mr. Bluebird has been on my shoulder all week. And I know a couple weeks ago we talked about who is Mr. Bluebird. And Mr. Bluebird is really the vision of happiness. I like it's it. been a great week. So he is and back. As I sit there and think, a lot of business people are filing or a lot of business owners are filing their business returns right now. They're starting to think, am I structured at the right business entity for tax reporting or tax planning purposes? That's kind of what I was thinking about today. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's important, right? Cause I could, I could like save you a lot of money. Uh, and so, so I guess, I guess we'll start most, I mean, I don't want to say most businesses start off. I guess there is no most, some start off straight in a, in a structure, but let's just talk about the different structures that you see, businesses start as and then when it makes sense to convert to a different structure well and let me just caveat this by saying anytime you want to set up an entity you should always consult with an attorney because i do not presume to know any of the legal ins and outs of you know whether you know a business entity is advisable at some point but from a tax perspective i can give you some great advice here too So the types of entities that are out there are sole proprietor, which is a lot of like you're saying when businesses start out, most small mom and pop shops start out, or a limited liability company, an S corp or a C corp or a partnership. Now, sole proprietor is obviously just that I work for myself and I'm probably starting out like I don't even know what kind of business I might be doing. Um, sole proprietor and an LLC together are taxed the exact same way in that they both show up on Schedule C of our individual income tax return. And any net profits that you make are taxed at not just the tax uh, income tax rate, but in addition, you are subject to what's called self-employment tax. Um, if you want to go knee deep into what self-employment tax is, it's effectively the employer and employee share of FICA and Medicare. And it's 15.3% of every net dollar that you make um, from your business, from your um, Schedule C LLC or sole proprietor business. So if we made a dollar, we would owe the government. In addition to the income tax, we'd owe 15.3 cents. So just sit there and think if you are at the marginal tax rate of 20% plus 15.3%, you're effectively paying 35.3% mm. of every dollar that you make, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone's like freaking out about that and thinking, good Lord, I need to immediately convert to an S-Corp. But do you really? <laughs> and I would argue you do when you hit when you start to hit a certain threshold of income as in net profit, because 
with it being a sole proprietor or an LLC, you're only really obligated to, if you don't have employees working for you, you only have to file one tax return. If you, and, you know, again, is the 15.3% of pay in the, in the Patui? Yes, of course it's high. But it's also how you start to save for retirement, how the, how the you know, Social Security Administration knows that you made wages so that they can factor that into your um, Social Security uh, and Medicare payments that you receive at retirement. So it's not a bad thing to actually have to pay that. It just seems like a lot of money right now. But if you are starting to see net income in in the neighborhood of like $100,000 or more, that's when you start to hit the break-even point that it's worth to consider moving yourself to an S-corp return. And in, in an S-corp return, here is where it gets a little bit more complicated, but there are some additional tax benefits to it. You are, re- you are required by the IRS to pay yourself what's called a reasonable salary. So you, you now can have a salary run through the S-corp. The the business pays the employer's share of the FICA and Medicare, and um, you, as the employee, are on the hook for paying the employee's share of it. So you start to reap some tax savings there. The employer's share is a tax-deductible expense, which reduces your net profit. You also have some additional options with uh, profit sharing, solo 401ks or, you know, all those are the kind of you know, investment options that are available to you that you'd want to work with your investment advisor on. Um, so there's a lot of great upsides to that. As it flows through to your individual income, you again, you see a, a, some, some additional tax savings that way. The downside to it, and the one that I think a lot of people don't take into consideration because you are required by law to pay yourself a salary, you now are asking yourself to have to file every year effectively 10 additional tax returns, right? Isn't that, (laughs) that's the part when you sit there and say to people, do you really want to file four quarterly federal payroll tax returns? Do you really want to file four state quarterly tax or payroll tax returns? And there's an additional federal payroll tax return. In addition, you have to make a regular uh, payroll deposit, federal payroll tax deposit. Do you want that additional burden? And that's where I said, you know, have to sit there. And the minute I say that to clients, like, are you really prepared to start filing all those returns or asking me to help you file them and prepare them because your fee is going to go up? And they're like, "Uh, I didn't know that. And I said, it's, you know, sit there and think, do you have not just the uh, income to do it, but do you have the time and commitment to file them? So there's, there's just a bunch of things to think about when you're converting to entities from a tax perspective. So Anyway, as I'm rambling on, do you have any questions about that or thoughts about it? Yeah. So that yeah. So, but ultimately, you know, being some someone who has a S corp, those it's not really that it's not, not that difficult. It's not that difficult. It's just when you sit there and say to somebody, you've you've committed yourself to a bunch of extra, you know, payroll tax returns. They're like, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're you, y'all. She she's given the. Uh, I'm a fiduciary and I have to give both sides, but it's really not that much more difficult or that much more expensive. (laughs) You're right. You're right. It's not that difficult, but you have to be disciplined to do it. And if you don't, you know, and and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I'll get around to paying myself a salary and they don't do it. And the IRS didn't like that. You know, if you're in an S group situation, so you have to make sure that you're committed to the idea of being able to pay yourself and setting up, you know, paying yourself a payroll. 
or a salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's and there's you know, uh, as 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 you you know help me find out companies that can make that easy for you. You just sign up, program it in. It's automatic, super easy. I think I might take it might take me five minutes a month to pay myself. Oh, exactly. But you know, you've but here again, you've got the peace of mind like we talked about before. You don't know what you don't know, but you're smart enough to know that you don't know it. So you've engaged somebody to help you stay in compliance. So if you're going to do that kind of, you know, have payroll, it is worth it to ask somebody to take care of that for you because here again, it isn't just the IRS. There's a whole host of other implications if you don't pay yourself a salary. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and we don't, and we don't want to mess with the IRS. Exactly right. I was going to say the other entity was a C corp, and I mean, there's lots of benefits to that one, but you don't really see a whole lot of business owners in a C corp because that's got obviously the tax implications there of being taxed at the entity level, whereas uh, LLC, sole proprietor, and S corp uh, flow through to the individual. Yeah, and what type of business would that make sense for? I know it's a, it's a super, super small niche of businesses, but. So my, my my thought, prevailing thought has always been, it's like if you really want to be publicly traded or you maybe have some super like risky liability beyond above and beyond, um, or you just, you're starting to get a lot larger that the tax benefits really do at that point start to outweigh um, keeping it as like an escort, meaning it's probably, it's more advantageous to, um, you know, have tax at the entity level because you've got a number of investors, you've got a number of you know, that kind of a thing. So that's when it really starts to make sense. Got but it. again, I, I caveat all this by saying always consult with an attorney on it if it really does make the best sense legally for your particular entity choice. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I'm glad you said that because I've always thought when I thought of C corporations, I've, I've just associated that with lots of investors. You know, mm-hmm. uh, is is not a really. I I don't know of any privately held, closely held businesses that are C corps. I'm sure there are some. I was going to say in the middle market and like like you're saying in the private private equity market. It, you're right. Most of the times they're not C corps. Um, I think it kind of just it, again. It really you just have to sit there and think and talk with an attorney about whether that makes sense or not to do. Awesome. Well, let everybody know where they can reach it, they want more information? Well, you can get me, uh, reach out to me at my website, rifemartincpa.com, or you can email me at info at rifemartincounty.com, and I'd love to talk with anybody about this and any other great topic you'd be interested in. But I really enjoyed today, Philip. Thank you so very much. So did I. Can't wait till next week. Me too. Have a great day. You too. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.